0: hello uh, hello and wh- <laughs> hi,
1: oh, hi wait does it not go like that
0: <laughs> no no it's no it's fine um welcome to the first episode of cover your ears uh, my name is george and wow a, a podcast who, who would have thought um i i've been i've been trying to get this thing uh off the ground for jesus christ like two years now um so it's it's very it's it's cool that i'm finally you know able to do this um and yeah, uh if if you want to correct me on anything that we talk about or ask me a question or even just say hello, uh, my email is coveryourearscast at gmail.com. Uh so you know, talk to me there. And you can follow me at the last episode underscore on Twitter. And uh I mean if you're watching this on YouTube, hello, um, you'll already know the channel. But if you're not, uh the last episode on, on YouTube. Um and today we, we do have a guest which is pretty ah. cool um hi <laughs> hello yeah you, you might have heard her just a minute before uh so uh my, my guest has nearly six thousand uh followers on instagram so ella why why don't you introduce yourself
1: hello i'm ella and i run a music account on instagram and i also really want to be a musician one day a rock star preferably We'll see how that
0: yeah, goes. If if you had the choice, yeah. If I had um, the choice,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, so I have run a music account, uh, like music history, um, just things like that. Post about events that happened in music, uh, different artists. I do album reviews as well. I really enjoy doing those. So yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, how how did you how did you uh, start the account? Because I don't actually so, know that.
1: I started the account as just like a spam account on Instagram, like I wasn't, um, I was really into Guns N' Roses at the time, White Snake, all those kinds of bands, like those were my starter bands. And so I just made an account where I could just post random pictures of them like playing live and stuff. And then all of a sudden I just thought, hey I'll actually take this seriously and I started posting about different events, uh, you know, just some random pictures. And then it just grew, and I'm really happy with how it's growing. And I hope to release a song next, well, not next year, in a few months. So I'm trying (laughs) to get that all started. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait for that. Yeah, I can't wait for that as well. I've got some ideas already, and uh, talking to a few people about it. But yeah. Yeah,
0: that's that's great to hear. Um, Yes. (laughs) So uh, today, I thought... For the first episode we'd, you know, start it relatively simple and uh talk about our favourite albums. Uh, yeah because you know, I I mean I, I I may as well like lay out what I want this podcast to be about in general. Um so it's very loose, just sort of like uh I'll have a guest on every every episode and we'll talk about I guess what they do for a living. Um <laughs> on your case, just in your in your, you know, free time. My free um, time. Yeah, and just talk about stuff to do with what they, I, I mean, what they do and, you know, every everything re- related to that. So in your case that's music, so I thought we'd talk about our favourite albums. Um,
1: oh, that sounds great.
0: Yeah, now I have five, you have four, right? Yes, I have yeah. four. Okay. These are
1: my top, some of my top four of all time, and yes, I can't are, wait are they to in, share. Are they,
0: are they in that order? or?
1: Uh, not in a specific order, they're just yeah, four that right. I listen to quite a lot. Mm. um yeah so
0: yeah <laughs> yeah um m- mine is in uh mine is in
1: uh, it's yours uh in order and Ascend-
0: yeah ascending order yes of um, like so. ones
1: you love the most and ones that yeah. you still love but not as much my it's
0: my, it's my top five yes <laughs> you could say so
1: I say this is like my top four kind of yeah,
0: yeah. yeah fair enough um mm-hmm. so I I do you want to Yes, we should get started then um right yeah are you gonna uh,
1: i think you should go first i think you should go first
0: so uh, my number five is uh from 1971 it is uh the yes album by yes mm-hmm.
1: um
0: <laughs> yeah I so love
1: yes <laughs>
0: same um <laughs> we have so much in common uh I know, right? <laughs> yeah um so this is a prog rock album from the very early 70s, um, mm-hmm. with only five five songs. Uh, yeah, no, six songs, I think. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, Yours yeah. is no yeah. Grace," "The clap, "Starship," uh, "Starship Trooper." I've seen "All Good People," "Adventure," "Perpetual Change." Six. Yeah. Okay. Got it. <laughs> um, and what I really love about this album is just I don't know it, <laughs> I probably should have written notes which I know that's what you did but I yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm coming up with all this off the top of my head no no um, no,
1: that's kind of the best way to do it because i got a lot of history it's all kind of jumbled up on my page and on my screen so that's, that's
0: fine um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah so I I only listened to this album for the first time like two months ago and uh, yeah it, it, it really I don't know Starship Troopers uh, specifically just that that riff and just as i don't know it, i know mm. that i know that yes have a lot of like really long songs like they uh, do
1: they're very crocky yeah, indeed i'm
0: trying to think of the album i think it was uh 1973 but i can't remember what the album was called let me just look that up
1: 1990 1993 70, 73 73
0: sorry, sorry uh tales from topographic oceans there we go there you yeah. go there that, you go that only has four songs on it, and they are all like twenty minutes each. Um,
1: but they're th- all interesting. This, yeah,
0: right. And you know, th- this this song is a bit song. Oh, Jesus, <laughs> I'm messing up already. This album is uh, it's it's a lot more. It there are there are a lot of you know shorter songs on this album.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, well, yeah, I mean, it's a lot. I would say a lot. It's like only six tracks, but there are songs that aren't you know. 10-15 minutes, like uh, Starship Trooper is or mm-hmm. I've seen all good people, which is another great song. Um,
1: oh yeah, I, think, I agree.
0: I think it's about chess. I there are a lot of mm. there are lines about like the queen and moving on to Could black be squares. A I,
1: metaphor? Yeah. Well,
0: Could no. It, I I feel like it's a metaphor for a relationship. Um, yeah. You know, to do with chess, which I've mm. never heard. I've never heard that before. You'd, you'd think that would have been you know. I mean, obviously, it was if they if they did it, but yeah, it's kind of um, like
1: if it's if it's in the kind of idea of a relationship, then well, a queen and a king, and then they've got like all these yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I don't know how to describe that. Actually, I thought I had a good point.
0: <laughs> no, it's it's fine. I never have good points. Um, you do, you do, but, you do. <laughs> um, and you know, the album cover as well. It wasn't uh, by. Was it Dean Simmons? Is that the name of the artist?
1: Gene Simmons.
0: Is is it Gene Simmons? I thought it was Dean Simmons.
1: Gene Simmons? Oh, oh, I'm just thinking Kiss at the moment. And you said Simmons, and I was just like... I don't think it's it's Dean Simmons. I don't think it's Dean Simmons. Yeah, I don't think it's that guy either.
0: No, what? Yes, album covers. Roger Dean. Okay, so I'm completely off. I was thinking of... I was thinking of the person from Kiss um, mixed with this guy. Um... Yeah, it isn't a Dean Simmons cover because it's just a photo of the guys with like a a mannequin's head and a chair, and Ooh. it's it's really I don't
1: know. It, yeah,
0: it's not like the other albums, which I mean, this was the second Yes album of 1971 because Fragile released before this, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, you know, Fragile is the one that everyone cites as the best one. Mm-hmm. Um. The, you know, roundabout, long distance run around, uh, heart of the sunrise. You know, yes, fragile is um, great, yeah. No, yeah, what no, What did you I, say I,
1: your favorite track is from fragile?
0: From fragile, uh, uh, do you know, you know, generic, it's like everyone's favorite song from basically everyone's favorite yes song, uh, minus like owner of a lonely heart, but like it's probably roundabout, I'd say, just because it's mm-hmm. you know. So iconic. It's the um, first
1: track, I'm pretty sure.
0: Yeah, no, it is. Um at like eight eight and a half minutes, I think. Oh um, gosh,
1: it's it's a good one though.
0: Yeah. Um, can tell
1: why it's liked.
0: Yeah, no, it's exactly. Um why it's used in so much stuff. Um there there are a lot of people that I know, um, who only know about yes because of roundabout That's being all... in yeah. being in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, which I haven't seen for the record, mm-hmm. but I yeah it's it's nice to see prog rock bands getting you know attention like from attention other like attention and yeah
1: it's it's good to see it. i'm guessing that's quite a modern show as well
0: 2009 i think
1: is yeah, when it started so it's rel- relatively yeah. modern um yeah. it's nice to see like 70s prog rock bands coming into that kind of like industry in a way in
0: an in an anime as well like in, in a yeah, Japanese yeah exactly show. That, that's,
1: it's, yeah. it's really cool to see I like to see prog in my everyday life <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> yeah um, yeah. no but yeah I, I would say that my, my favourite track from uh, the Yes album is I've Seen All Good People I, I just mm-hmm. really like how the I don't know it, it seems very like it reminds me of The Hobbit and like The Lord of the Rings okay. and just with the instrumentation um, and I, I, the vocal harmonies
1: mm-hmm. and
0: i i don't know it, it's it's it feels very regal i guess what um would you say which, is what which i, I really you say? like
1: sorry <laughs> no no it's fine what would you say is your second favorite from the album
0: oh starship trooper i mean oh, yes. yes yeah yes uh song. yeah i i mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I'm pretty sure that's all I have to say about uh, that album. So I if say you want, like my
1: favorite track from the Yes oh, album is yeah. probably Perpetual Change.
0: Oh yeah, yeah no, Perpetual yeah. Change
1: is really good. But then again, mm. most of the songs, well, out of the six tracks that are on there, they're all six, really yeah. good. Yeah, they're all really good. But yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: yeah I'll, i see what you did there very funny see what we <laughs>
1: did <laughs>
0: yeah um so do, do you want to go on to your uh so
1: we're kind of carrying on the prog train here Ooh, um okay so this band 10cc i don't okay. know if you've ever heard of them um, i have not so... the prog rock band uh okay. kind of started in the early 70s um mm. i love that this is their third uh, studio album the original okay. soundtrack i probably will do re- a album review on this one day because it's just so yeah. good um but yeah so it was released in 1975 and right. i think this is like the true combination of art rock and it's just and like prog rock like i think those two things really work well together and they had these genre-breaking moments within the album and it just yeah. it just really works um yeah. It's definitely a classic um i'd say it's probably one of the best prog rock albums of the 70s yeah, this is just my opinion I'm... though um it's just it's great right i'll go mm. into what i like about it okay um, I uh, I,
0: fav- I, sorry i i will just say um what you mentioned like art rock right yes. uh a lot of people say that close to the edge by yes which came out the year after the Yes album um not to well on yes for too long but like uh no, they that's, say, that's prob- no
1: that's right they that's they right. they
0: argue that that's like the best prog rock album ever i i mean i listened to it it's like yeah that's pretty full-on pro- like progressive yes i i would argue that it's a little Most bit of
1: shifts of focuses yeah. yeah And
0: like like it's it's only three songs and they're all really mm-hmm. long um but
1: yeah, I, I do agree with that i do agree with yeah, that though it's i would a great say that's
0: album. more I would say that's more art rock than prog, even though it is like very progressive. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, no, continue.
1: So yes, yeah, so uh, um, it's, so this was one of the most well-known songs released from the album, it was released as a single, it's I'm Not In Love. It's about a guy um, that kind of sings about not being in love when he really is, so he's kind of tricking himself into believing that he's not in love when he actually oh is, gosh. and it's the vocals, they're like eerie. They're eerie and they're, they're like slightly whispered. I want to say slightly whispered. They also have a lot of choir vocals, especially at the um, ending parts of the songs. Um, they've got, they use distorted, it's just distorted choir. It's like distorted choir vocals. They have an electric oh, piano. Um, so very prog, very prog so far. Um, The song only lasts around six minutes, I think. So I'd say that's like pretty average. It's pretty (laughs) average for a prog rock song. Yeah. Um. There's just so many layers to it. Um. It's like kind of daunting. It's like this guy's thinking. He's trying to convince himself he's like not in love, and it slowly, it just like, it's like a realization for him and yeah. he goes i'm trying to put it in the best words i can it's really hard to describe though because it's prog any yeah it's <laughs> prog is hard to describe exactly
0: um, any good prog is is yes. difficult to yeah
1: I wrap your head around i can't oh, yeah. can't do with that kind of stuff but um <laughs> so it's a love ballad i definitely class it as a love ballad um there's mm-hmm. so a lot of songs that are released in the year 1975 like lady by sticks <laughs> and Swear To God by Frankie Valley, they were all released um, in the same year and they're very different. They're, they're just like bright and cheerful and like love songs and they're very infatuated with the person thats that they're in love with. Um, but with this song, it's kind of like he's, like I said, he's trying to convince himself. He's just not in love. And it's, it's really sad in a way. Um, but uh, onto other parts of the album. Uh, they also have a song called Flying Junk, which is quite, um say a little bit more upbeat than that one. Um, it's full of, like, you're kind of, it plays a lot on the 60s. Although it was released in 75, I think the album does kind of play on the 60s and 50s rock um, kind of vibe. And I think Flying Junk definitely is an ex- a great example of that. So that's, yeah. like, another shift of mood. Um, I think the vocals mostly stand out, though. Um, their vocalist is amazing. Um, I think the first ever album I listened to them was their self-titled. It was their 1973 album. And actually, I got into this album a few weeks ago. So I was reading oh, right. about... Axl Rose talked about this specific song and uh, I'm a huge Guns N' Roses fan, so when he was talking about it, I was like, I'm going to check, check it out. Check the song yes. out, I'm Not In Love, but I checked that song out and I thought it was really good. And then I listened to the whole album. Um, but yes, I would say, I'd say it was their peak. So it's definitely their peak album. Like they did other great albums after that, but this was their best. Like they weren't going to get any better than that in a way. Like yeah, that you,
0: was... I, something that you see with a lot of, or at least I see with a lot of uh, progressive rock bands, is they sort of peak early on.
1: Yes, like um, then, a lot of yeah. their debuts, like within the fourth or fifth album, they're kind of like going yeah. downhill. Now,
0: I, I I have at least one example of that not being the case, which w- we will get to. But
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, um, anyway, you you were saying
1: I've been playing I've been playing it so much recently because I discovered it like a few weeks back and I've been playing the shit out of it, because <laughs> I just love it so much. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Sorry, am no, I allowed y- to swear?
0: Y- you can swear, it's it's okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Whoops. Um,
0: now it's it's fine.
1: It's like, it's addictive, It's it's eerie, it's eerily addictive, because it's like, I don't know how to describe, like, it's just daunting in a way, it's like, mm. so melodic and I just love it. I don't. I don't know how to put it, but as well, I'd say like the song. The actual song structure is really simple, but it's incredibly effective. And most of them, most of the songs, if you just look at them, they're like if you listen to them, they're pop. They're pop ballads. Yeah. Um, but because of the various tones um, throughout the songs, and they kind of change up uh, certain structures. They don't just have the whole thing running through. Like they add in a few different things, a few whispered sections, a few a few spoken sections, especially in oh, "I'm Not in Love." I keep going back to that one, but that's because it's like their biggest yeah, hit from this I, album.
0: Yeah. Um, it, it, yeah. Um, I I I would say that a lot of good prog rock like ballads do have sort of simple structures. Like um, "Lavender" by Marillion is relatively oh, simple. Oh, that's a great I mean, example. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's. I mean, it's amazing i love that song um and that album but uh it's not on the list but i, I do really yeah. like that album um no that's yeah, a great that, example yeah that that song's relatively simple but it's it's really effective in that sense um and based think, on a poem
1: yeah oh that's interesting i didn't know that hmm but um i'd say 10cc um what they're great at is writing pop songs but being clever with it it's yeah. not just like your typical pop song that was released in the 70s that is going to appeal to a wider audience. Um, it was clever. It was very witty in lyrics. And although it was simple, it was also arranged com- in a complex way. So it didn't just kind of bore bore the shit out of you. Like, it was, the arrangements were so complex. But if you took the arrangements away, it be pretty standard pop. So yeah. that's the kind I'd say that's their that's their wit. Like they are very clever with lyrics and the way they construct things. Um, yeah, their, the opening. I'm pretty sure it's the opening track of the album. It's called uh, One Nuit a Paris. I don't know why I said it like that, but is yeah. it is it meant it's, to it's be in French? French? It's okay, in French. <laughs> um, it's like three constructive um, small songs and again simple structure but when you place them all together if you listen to them in that order it's it's an it's just amazing it's a what word am i looking for it's a masterpiece to put it quite simply um (laughs)
0: that's great um but yeah yeah okay uh all right then well um i'm gonna move on to my my number four which is uh uh revolution radio from 2016 by green day
1: Oh, very Yeah, cool. now,
0: uh, my history with Green Day, I don't really like any of the uh, operatic albums, like
1: uh,
0: mm. 21st Century Breakdown or... Uh, not really American Idiot. I I mean, I, I understand how influential it is, but it's really just... I don't know. It feels very dated.
1: Yes, that's you know? true. It's I, overplayed. It's overplayed. Yeah. It, it, it's like, whenever you meet another fan, they're always like, have you listened to... Uh, american idiot and it's just a bit like who hasn't listened to that album yeah it's, i it's one of those thousandies albums that
0: yeah no i've one
1: kind of got away from you can't escape I mean, it yeah.
0: I'll give it this it is the best like bush era <laughs> like political album but that's yeah, not really that's not really that. saying very much um but uh Revrad is i i think a lot more effective i don't know how well it's going to hold up because a lot of this album's appeal is the fact that it's it's dealing with like modern politics mm-hmm. talking about like trump and um just sort of that that whole election and the, yeah the, the fallout from all of that um mm-hmm. but in that i i think that it's it's really engaging and it has a lot of interesting perspectives um yeah and it's not it's not all um political but no, for, yeah. for example mm-hmm. yeah the second track uh bang bang is about uh, a spree killer not to get you know, <laughs> not to get too light-hearted but yeah it's about a spree killer who is only who only wants to be a spree killer because it's an easy way for them to get famous which mm-hmm. is a really dark you know that's a really dark idea but it's it's the, it's, so, but yeah.
1: it's, it's, it's like um kind of wrapped up in a light-hearted way
0: yeah and in talking, yeah in talking about it in, in them talking about this issue it's very much sort of combining the the way that Green Day was uh the, the way that Green Day songs were written free American Idiot with the politics of American Idiot which I think mm-hmm. is very like for example that the opening um is like significantly lower than when the song actually starts, yeah. So that, you, so that you specifically so that you turn it up, and then when when the song kicks in, it like blasts you in the face with with the <laughs> uh, with the instrumentation, and I, I think that's really that's kind of silly and fun, and I, I really it's like that. Fun,
1: it's a fun yeah. kind of track, isn't
0: it? Yeah, I, as as fun as it can be given the subject matter. Yeah. Um, and then the title track is really memorable. I I really like the riff in that. It, mm-hmm. It's it's really. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I think
1: I have actually heard that song as well now that I think about it I think I have heard I know what riff you're talking about there
0: yeah it's it's I yeah um and again the 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 politics of uh sort of fake news and the truth mm. and all, all of that it's it's really interesting um
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then but you know not not every song is is political like outlaws is a very sweet I guess like rock ballad about youth and uh, being being becoming desensitised as you get Mm. older Um, yes so kind of uh, like the
1: issues that the youth face in a way
0: yeah yeah, is that where you're going with that one yeah like um, how how you you lose your sense of wonder um, Mm. in an attempt to protect yourself by trying to act more adult
1: yeah so like growing up too fast for being so young
0: yeah exactly um and the
1: positives and negatives
0: of that it yeah it it's meant to be sort of bittersweet i guess um Mm. and then young blood track eight is uh that is specifically about uh well it was taken from an album that green day made Mm -hmm. wrote recorded um and then just lost. Oh. It's someone stole it from the uh, <laughs> from the uh, recording studio and they oh, they no didn't way. have any they didn't have any backup copies. So,
1: so this do they song I not know what happened to that album after. Oh, Does some, no no.
0: Someone some, s- someone has it and that's that's it. No one ha- no one is ever going to see that album again, but they took one of the songs and remade it for this album. Mm. Uh, Young Blood and you can really tell cuz it, it really sounds like more of their early work like sitting off of Nimrod or whatever um, yeah yeah it's, it's really yeah that that song's really great oh gosh it, it, I didn't know that another. yeah um so yeah the, the with that album everyone sort of thought oh Green Day's back they're not you know because before this it was the trilogy of mm. you know Uno Dos Tre, which n- n- none of those albums were really very good um, no, no yeah 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 uh i and everyone thought oh green days back that's good and then uh <laughs> and then what was it called father of all came out uh-huh. last year and that wasn't very good uh, no
1: oh, i agree yeah, yeah, i hate that I, album sorry I, <laughs> I like
0: i like the title track and that's it it's, it's it really loses steam after that oh, i
1: listened to the title track and i just didn't vibe with it uh, fair was enough. it wasn't for me
0: i if, if you didn't like that song it gets a lot worse
1: <laughs> on the rest
0: of the album did you
1: listen to the whole album
0: i listened to i'd say about like three quarters of it i mean it's a very short album it's not even half an hour
1: no yeah it's only so 22 it's like minutes an EP, i mean
0: yeah but they released it as an album they released That's it for really a tenor.
1: well it's kind of not accurate because it's meant to be an ep
0: but uh, i it's meant to be an album but it's it's, it's more 22 like minutes 22 minutes <laughs> yeah i
1: yeah the, the comment
0: the common consensus with the problem is that they just made it so that they could get out of the rec- like the recording deal that they were in.
1: So they probably didn't really care about what they were. They didn't releasing. Yeah, It was specific no.
0: I yeah. I, I like to think it is not them totally selling out, which is what it sounds like on the album. It kind
1: of does sound like they're selling out slightly. Yeah, it's it's but I, I listened to the first track, and I can't do this it's awful and i felt bad because i usually listen to about at least two tracks of an album before i decide whether or not i like it and this is just it was just too disappointing and i'm not even a big green day fan and i was disappointed yeah so was bang bang like your your oh yeah
0: yeah so my favorite track is probably uh yeah i'd say bang bang uh or say goodbye that's another really great song on, on mm-hmm. out. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I think I'm done there. So, if if you want to move on to your number three, I guess.
1: Of course. Um. Uh. Say, so. My second uh, album that I want to talk about is Damnation by Opeth. Ooh um, Yeah. Very very good. Um. They did. This is like their departure from death metal. It was them trying to establish a new genre. Going to a different kind of pathway with their music, musical style, and it really works. Like loads of people love this album. They were really uh, inspired by prog rock from the seventies, like Pink Floyd and all that kind of, all those kinds of bands. Um, it was released in two thousand three, as was um, Deliverance. Um, I say okay. it's also quite, it's quite contemporary. Has a few instrumental pieces on there especially um the ending credits it kind of the ending credits uh sums up everything that has been in the album into just one simple song um quite actually it's quite similar to the first three tracks i think yeah and yeah. uh yeah so it's quite similar to that one um i'd say as well the vocals they're very hmm they're very daunting but in a beautiful way uh, michael agver has just one of those not to sound very fangirly but um they ha- he has one of those kind of beautiful voices and it works really well for this style of rock yeah. slash metal um say um the lyrics are quite dismal and like i said quite melo- melonically charged um i say a lot of the melodies are similar like the melodies in "Hope Leaves" and the melodies in "Window Pane" they're very kind of downcast, but they're also very melodical at the same time. Melonically yeah, cool, cool. beautiful, yes. Um, so my favorite track has to be "Hope Leaves." I don't know what it specifically is, but it's just I find it, I think it's just such a, a pretty song in a in a sad way. It's like beautiful in a sad way, pretty in a sad way. However, however people want to describe it. Uh, another cool thing that I can mention, I mentioned about this album is that Stephen Wilson, a uh, porcupine trees vocalist, is really good friends with Michael Agafel and he worked on this album. Not only did he work on the tracks, like he worked on a few melodies and he did some harmonies with Michael Agfell. Um He did harmonies on t- Windowpane, so the first, oh, cool. the opening track. Um, he also. He kind he um, produced the album as well. He also had like a little bit of a band. I'm pretty sure with uh, Michael Agafell and uh, someone else from another band, but I can't remember who they are at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'd say overall the album is like a roller coaster of emotions. Although it has its down times, it has slightly more uplifting moments, especially in songs uh, such as "Death Whispered a Lullaby" and "Closure." Those are quite Quite hopeful songs compared to the other songs that are on the album. But yeah, I'd say it's it's very daunting but beautiful. Yeah, but yeah. Oh, nice. I'd say it's it's a great <laughs> album. I definitely recommend it for prog fans. Nice. Um, but yeah, so. <laughs> I know you haven't listened to that. I know you don't
0: know. Over, no, I, those are, i I've, yeah. I was fully anticipating not having heard of any of these albums, but that's the great thing about this because I yeah, now I'm gonna I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go and listen to all of these albums now. So yes. yeah, it's great. Um, <laughs> all right, well, um, I'm gonna talk about my number three, which is, I mean, if people, people who know me, know this was coming, um, <laughs> that there was going to be an NSP album. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I, I knew it, <laughs> In
0: my top five. Um, and I, I really sort of, I didn't know which one to pick it. I, it was between Under the Covers Volume 2 and Cool Patrol. Um, mm-hmm. And whilst I really love Cool Patrol. Uh, cool Patrol is, is
1: amazing.
0: It is my, right, it, it is my favourite of their original albums. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Under the Covers was the first, I guess, album in general that I was anticipating releasing. Um mm-hmm. like I remember I I I found the band in late 2016 when they released their music video for Take on Me and hey. I, right yeah um and from there I just listened to all of the all of the songs from the first two albums like you know like mm-hmm. Unicorn Wizard uh, no reason bona FYI <laughs> FOA all the yeah. classics um all the classic yeah.
1: amazing tunes
0: and uh and then later in 2017 they started releasing music videos for this album Mm -hmm. uh, which was a second cover album and i wasn't really i didn't really know what to expect yeah um because up until i i hadn't really listened to that much of the first under the covers uh if only because at the time i didn't recognize very many of the songs on there Mm -hmm. that sort of like I, I don't know, I was intimidated by that. But going into this one, I mean, the first track is Africa, right? Yeah. Um, and that, it's an incredible cover because, I mean, as as Dan mentions in the uh, in the liner notes of the album, uh, Africa, the original, has two vocalists. It isn't just one guy. Mhm. So, the fact that he's able to do both... <laughs> he's able to do both of these guys' vocals on his own is really commendable um, it is and yeah. it, it deviates enough from the original song instrumentally to be you know to be unique and faithful and interesting
1: mm-hmm.
0: faithful? no it but it is faithful Um, it, it's just a really great cover and then mm-hmm. from there the album never really slows down because every, every song on here could have been a single
1: yeah because they're all just so good
0: because you've got you've got yeah which I mean I guess that is sort of the case because every song on here is the best of whatever artists that whichever artists they're pulling from these yeah. are the best songs that these artists ever made
1: mm-hmm. so
0: more than a feeling limelight pour some sugar on me uh, in your eyes you spin me round yes. uh, that, that's probably we'll that's it. probably one yeah. of my favorites yeah um, I wish which is a really great. I wish probably sounds the least like uh the original it's mm. It's a lot jazzier here um, and Dan has to write it. I think
1: it it's there. uh cool when people take uh covers and then like they do a cover of a a great song and then they make it in a way even greater yeah or they like, change things up about it, which is what NSP did
0: yeah I, I would say a lot of the covers on here, and you know if I may be so bold, I would say that a lot of the covers on on this album. Are better than the originals. Like mm-hmm. there are a few outliers. Like line oh, line. yeah,
1: I definitely, yeah. I definitely agree with you. What tracks do you think are, are better I don't, than the originals? Well,
0: see, I don't really like the original "Something About You" by Level 42. Was it? I I
1: think it's that. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, I don't really like the original. I don't really like the vocalist, but the cover on here is is amazing. It um, appeals
1: to you a lot more. it like appeals to your taste. You think? Yeah, yeah yeah
0: um rocket man i think is a lot better as an acoustic song right, okay. which is which is what this is i mean is the original acoustic i feel like that's just piano
1: mm-hmm. yeah. um no i think it's piano and then yeah. it kind of builds up i do love
0: yeah. that song though yeah <laughs> me too um
1: who doesn't love a bit of elton john
0: yeah um and i mean this i, I this album basically was the start of my like Real love for N.S.P. because they are my favorite band. Um, Mm -hmm. It was the first like first physical CD that I bought uh, by them uh, that started the collection. Which I've (laughs) only got, I've only got a couple albums. But it's growing.
1: growing.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I've only got the first two, and then I'll be and I'll have the full discography until obviously they release uh, two albums this year, which is getting so excited. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so I. I don't know, it, everything feels so much more professional than anything they'd ever done before. Um, yeah. It's another point. Because, up until now, up until then, uh, they'd, they'd have, what, like, NSFW, Strawberries and Cream, uh, oh, yeah. Attitude the, City, Under the, the, amazing, the Covers. Yeah. <laughs>
1: right? All Right? Yeah. Ones. But, but the... NS- the instrumentation... NSFW is just amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah. But all of the instrumentation is very... You know, it, it's all done through synthesizers. It's, it's not real. Yeah. But Starting with Under the Covers, because they had Twerp, as the backing mm-hmm. band. They were able to use actual, you know, actual guitars, actual bass, actual drum kit. Um, and that made their sound feel a lot more unique, I guess. Um, yeah. And that carries over into Cool Patrol, where they're able to implement that new sound into the original songs. And it, it works amazingly on that album but it really is just a personal thing where I would say that Under the Covers 2 is probably my favourite album by them. Uh, mm-hmm. So far, at least. Um, I don't know what's coming out in the, in the future, but I'm, I'm hoping that they're able to top this, which they will do, because, I mean, objectively, they keep on getting better and better. And yeah, I, yeah, it's, it's pretty good.
1: Mm-hmm. It does sound very good. I do like that album as well.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, do you want to do yours?
1: Righty. So this is my third. This is my third one. This is my third album that I wanted to speak about, and it's by the one and only Prince. And everyone knows how much. Everyone in real life that I know will know how much knows how much I love Prince. He is my favorite solo artist. No one can beat him. He is the best. I'm sorry. That's just how it is. No one can argue. You can argue with me, with me on any other musical topic, but Prince, I know. Like, I can't. You know, <laughs> he's just amazing. Sign of the Times, it's his 1987 album. It came quite shortly after um, he disbanded from The Revolution, his uh, band that he'd been working with for a good number of years at that point, since, like, the early 80s, and and completely disbanded um in 1986 i recall uh yeah 1986. yeah um this album just showcases all sides of his musical style there is there's so many genres there's something for everyone um so you've got like some you've got some rock you've got some pop you've got some ballads you've got B, slightly like like punky-ish kind of i don't know maybe punk i don't know if i can really class them as punk um i'd say quite rocky anyway i kind of like hard rock i'd say that is, um really displayed in his song "The Cross." it starts out very slow and not not so in like a ballad way a balladic way it's more like a a rock kind of way and there's a good guitar riff in it, and it's just—it's probably my favourite song from the whole album. Although "Hot Thing" is also a, a close second. Um, "Hot Thing" is very—it's—it's it's the drums. The drums are very punchy; they're very—they're um, very there. Um, but the lyrics are also very groovy. It's, it's a groovy song. Um, some people would uh, say the lyrics are quite weak. Um, I wouldn't say they're weak. I'd say they're more simple than other lyrics that Prince's uh, ever wrote. But it's definitely groovy. Like you could, if this was at a club, like if this was at a club, I would definitely dance to the song. Um, also, I feel like this was one of the highest points of Prince's um, youth as a so- as a solo artist. He, like when he was an old man, he made some amazing work. Um, but. This was... I'd say this was one of the high points of his... uh, Would you say his youth, George?
0: Uh, yeah. I I don't know
1: how to say it. Like, um, what is youth? I mean, his... um, This was one of the peaks of his
0: yeah i i i'm not nearly as much of a prince fan as you my, my favorite prince album is batman so yeah, i'm not really it's
1: amazing batman is amazing i do love that i love yeah. the um video for party man i don't know if you've <laughs> yeah. ever seen have you seen it yeah yeah it's so it's so it's so prince it's just <laughs> oh, i loved that movie as well i loved that prince did the soundtracks and stuff right i'm trying to think the word of oh, right okay i say that it's one of the highest points of his career definitely um a lot of people regard this album his as his greatest he wasn't trying to um like impress anyone like he did in his uh earlier years when he was trying to break through as one of the greatest artists of all time he was really trying to showcase his talents um when he first started um like he he wanted to show that he was he was good enough but when he when it was like sign of the times, it was just like he kind of let loose. He just did what he wanted to do. He made the songs how he wanted, just how he wanted to do them. He was really diverse, and he elaborated his style amazingly. I think, um, yeah, it's definitely one of the best Prince works out there. Like nothing can, not really. I don't really think anything can beat this album in terms of the rest of his uh, discography. Uh, Starfish and Coffee is a very fun, kind of light-hearted song. Um, you Got the Look is very, um, kind of disco-ish in a way, would you say? It's- I don't know if you've ever heard that song, George. It, uh, it's,
0: I don't know. If I have, it's been a while, so I, I can't remember it.
1: Uh, a Door is a great ballad. Um, yeah. So like I said, there's something for everyone in this album. Um, I Can Never Take the Place of Your Man, another amazing one. I can never take the place of your man. Yeah, it's really good. Um, yeah. It is a great one. Like I said, Hot Thing, the Ballad of uh, Dorothy. Ballad of Dorothy Parker. Um, Sign of the Times, the title track, it's it's the opening track. It's amazing. I love that one so much. Um, so there really is just something for everyone. I definitely recommend this album. I think that's why it's one of my favourites. So, like, I love albums are diverse um i don't like sticking to one thing um i like when something has at least three different uh genres to it so you've got say for example you have a, a kind of punkish tone or you have a kind of hard rock term uh turn yeah. turn tone, tone there you go uh, term, <laughs> tone. <laughs> uh you got a kind of hard rock tone there and then you've also got a pop kind of aspect to it because a lot even though a lot of people can regard Prince as a rock star. Um, I wouldn't regard him as a, a like a rock star necessarily. He was a guitar god. He was amazing on guitar. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think he's like a rock star. I think he's, I think he's just, he's just there. Like he could do, what, he could do anything. Like he was amazing. I know I keep saying he's amazing, but that's because he was. <laughs> because, I keep saying um, yeah. that a lot. I don't know if you um, can tell I'm a fan. No,
0: yeah, I. <laughs> never noticed um one one thing that i one thing that i have noticed is that uh yeah that that is a theme with uh at at the very least the last album that you mentioned um that you like changes in an artist's style and lots of different stuff which is i think yeah
1: people um i think p i think artists um i think they get boring after it's like acdc not to bring acdc down they are amazing <clears throat> musicians are extremely talented i love angus young but i um i don't like it when you when people release albums that are more like i said musicians release albums that sound the same each time like you need to change you need to change you need to try different things even if it sounds like bad even if it sounds strange. It's good to change your style. It's good to look at alternative ways and stuff like that. So I just think you know? I, yeah, I don't yeah. like A C D C terrible example for albums. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry if I'm gonna fine. hurt a lot of A C D C fans out there. But it's, Oh,
0: they'll be they'll be waving their riot. pitchforks, don't worry.
1: Yes, they'll be rioting at me, so <laughs> they'll be forming riots. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, it's just definitely one of his best especially the um I'm pretty sure there was a reissue of it where they released even more songs that's why it's a 16 track yeah, that was last track. year last yes year. it was um I never got it but I will probably <laughs> get it in the future I actually yeah. don't have any prince CDs at the moment and that's really bad like yeah. I have I have like Genesis I have Bon Jovi I have <laughs> a lot of compilation albums but then when Prince I just don't have anything and I need yeah. some but yeah, so um, amazing. Oh, album. bloody
0: hell is expensive. Sorry, I'm just on the Amazon right now. Yeah, it's like, yeah,
1: 10, it's like it twenty like quid for twenty quid. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I mean,
0: you know, if if you like prints that much, I guess it's it oh, makes well. sense that you'd yeah. you'd want to spend that much money on it.
1: Um, the album art's also really cool. I like yeah. I like the colors. I like um, how it's taken i think it's i, I don't I know like who that, actually i did like the that album he's out
0: of fo- i like that he's out of focus
1: yeah I like how he, it's like he's kind of like leaving when you think about it that is it's like you know how he dis he disbanded like he didn't he got away from his band he yeah. broke away the kind i'm looking at the image right now and i'm thinking you know how there's like um a drum set in the background and it's like prince is like leaving
0: yeah
1: it could be you could think about it like um in the perspective of it's him leaving the band, it's him leaving behind that part of his past and going on to do more solo work and yeah, kind no, of be, but... like I said, be more diverse, um, exactly. although he exactly. already was. I've, that's just like an idea, I'm just thinking about that. Like When you say yeah. he's like out of focus, like, I kind of thought it's like he's leaving his his band behind mm. and he's starting a new career, like, yeah. a new career path. So, yeah.
0: Which, which is why... Which is why he's he's out of focus. Um,
1: and the, the
0: you the could band. argue that's because he wants to he wants to draw more attention to not I guess not only his art instead of him as a person but also his instrumentation.
1: Yes, yes, I agree. Yeah, like you could, yeah, those those two perspectives I think like those two narratives I think really work for that. Yeah. Um, so you've got the narrative of the band and you've got the narrative of the fact that he wants to focus on different things. Um, and I agree I do agree with that George I do <laughs> but yes I've rambled a lot about that album because um, I love it
0: so uh, if, if, we, uh, if we're going to move away from uh, Prince now uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, my, my fourth not my fourth my fourth album that I'm going to be talking about number two is uh, Where Have All The Merrymakers Gone by Harvey Danger a. Uh, yeah yeah <laughs> It's an alt-rock, uh, sort of grunge album from 1997, which Harvey Danger is a relatively small band. Um, I mean, they're basically a one-hit wonder because Flag Pulse It was the only song they released that really found any success. Um, I mean, you might know it from Peep Show. It's a theme song uh, from, yes. from season two onwards, I believe. Um, yeah, so but, but that's that was... Long after the song was a one-hit wonder, uh, mm-hmm. sort of their first, you know, flash, flash in the pan. Uh, but from that, I listened to the full album and I just fell in love with it because mm-hmm. the, the the lead singer, the, the the vocals are really sort of quippy and sarcastic and cynical, um, and and full of full of this personality that really sort of matches with the. With the lyrics, which are all mm. really sort of, sort of sort of deep parodies of of I, I guess sort of pop music at the time, sort of grunge, sort of punk music songs like that. It, it's entirely it's doing all this entirely ironically, but that's sort of why it works because it's I don't know that's sort of a really interesting perspective that I haven't that I haven't heard.
1: That is actually very interesting. Yeah, um, he... I think that does match the tone of the music.
0: Because mm. mm. you've listened, you've listened to their second album, right? Yes, I yeah. did.
1: I loved it. I think they. I wish they weren't a one-hit wonder. They were so good.
0: Mm. Uh, yeah, um, and a lot of the a lot of the metaphors and sort of plays on words that they use are so are so unique <laughs> and unheard of that. I, I don't know it, it's really it's a really interesting listen the the first the first song on the album is about vertigo by alfred uh hitchcock mm. uh which is a really good film and it's a really good song um, is it carlotta and then I valdez
1: okay
0: yeah um flagpole sitter obviously is a really really great song um i i it's probably i would argue my favorite song ever and i've listened to it probably the most out of any song ever if only because it is the peep show theme <laughs> song and i've 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 binged that show oh, i would peep say about show a dozen amazing. times at this point it's Absolutely. a classic um it is a classic <laughs> um, and yeah uh but from there it's like uh, woolly muffler is a song that's sort of about a deteriorating relationship which a lot of, a lot of these songs are about relationships um mm-hmm. but Wooly Muffler, I the metaphor they use is sort of like the 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 lead singer is sort of a scarf for the for his partner, sort of keeping her warm. But
1: hmm.
0: as more more and more of a strain is put on their relationship, it's as if he's choking her. So it's like
1: he's uh he's kind of strangling her killing her with uh his his overprotectiveness.
0: i i I don't know i wouldn't say i i think it's more that sort of life gets in the way of the relationship and
1: he's like trying to keep it
0: as a result as he's trying to keep it together but in that he's sort of putting a strain on his partner yes and as a result it's choking her and she, she feels like she doesn't have you know
1: anywhere um, to kind yeah, of it's really hold on to yeah. yeah
0: and the final track radio silence does the thing that a lot of albums did in the late 90s early 2000s where it's like a three minute silence after it ends mm-hmm. um and then it just starts playing another song backwards which is really cool yes, it's, it's <laughs> strange, <laughs> I, I, I can't think it? of another yeah, yeah that, that was a trend um in the late 90s um but yeah, no, that's why the song is uh, nearly nine minutes. It's not actually, it's only about five, but then it has this other song playing backwards. It's it's really interesting. Um,
1: Do you know what? Yeah, I, actually I, I just. I, just I, 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 actually, have I listened to that track?
0: You won't have listened to this album because it isn't on spotify so unless i've sent it to you specifically which i don't remember doing no i I don't
1: no Uh, yeah i don't think so i will listen to that tonight though that you've mentioned that that's really interesting george
0: thank you um yeah uh which yeah i yeah i i I don't know i just really like this album um it's written by an actual writer Mm. like Like not just a a songwriter well, he he has a column in he had a column in an alt rock magazine
1: awesome. in the
0: US, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and even in the few interviews that they had done, because they're not really they don't really have a stage presence, which is maybe why they didn't oh, take off.
1: Gosh, so um, it's so heart like heartbreaking when a band is great in recording, but when it comes to live, they're quite bad.
0: Oh no! Well, no, well, that no, I. They were. They went on a few, talk uh, shows and performed flagpole sitter, and they're all great there. I mean, just sort of in interviews. Oh
1: right. They, okay. don't, really
0: have, they don't really have. They don't really have that much personality. Oh gosh, um, no. Or at least not not a real not really marketable Maybe or they want. were more. Like, um,
1: maybe they were more just performance. They didn't like the kind of interrogations yeah. that interviewers put them through. Because if you yeah, think about well, it, a lot of interviewers do put them through some shit, like. A lot yeah. of bands get I... literally interrogated, and it can put people off.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the lead singer is very much professional, um, as were the rest of the band, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, as you can hear in a lot of the interviews, he's sort of making fun of the interviewer. Oh, God. Um, just being very sarcastic and like it's self-deprecating and it, it's all just really interesting i i, I love that band mm-hmm. um uh yeah that's that's pretty much all i have to say so, so th-
1: yeah they are a great band i do love harvey danger i'm glad you introduced me to them
0: yeah yeah y- you're welcome and hopefully i've introduced some people yeah listen
1: i think you have i think i think we've uh, we've introduced a lot of uh, albums there too New, yeah. new fans of rock music. New fans of any kind, maybe any kind of music, because some of these yeah. you couldn't just group into rock. You could group them into pop and other kind of genres. Um, so my last but not least album is Truth by Jeff Beck, and this was Jeff Beck's debut album as slightly a solo artist. He had a band, um, and actually this um, this. Debut brought in and featured a lot of stars, um, that more upcoming stars like Rod Stewart, uh, Ronnie Wood, and even uh, future Led Zeppelin members John Paul Jones and Jimmy Page, which is really interesting. Um,
0: Yeah, like Jeff Beck
1: um, is probably my favorite guitarist of all time. He is incredibly talented, but he also is very emotional when it comes to guitar. Like I think he places a lot of emotion um when he when he plays like he's very he's not just there you know technically he's also there emotionally and i think that is what yeah. makes a great guitarist because like i'd compare jeff beck's style of playing to people like george harrison and keith richards they're very um they know how to rhythm they like they know how to groove right and uh, yeah. jeff beck has a similar approach to the way he plays um I say the most famous song from this album is the single Bex Bolero. I don't know if you've heard that. Um, it's I amazing. Haven't. It's so beautiful. It's ethereal. I love it. It's ethereal in every sense of the word ethereal. ethereal. Um, yes. So it was really like nothing that anyone had really ever heard before. It was it was like a haunting instrumental and I'd say Jeff Becks, the way he plays in this song takes the stage, um, of the it takes the intention of the entire audience for this song, and it's so raw like, it's it's so the way, it, the way it's constructed is just so well done, it's raw, it's there, and I think a lot of people love this song. Like, I remember I post about, posted about this album on my account a few months ago, actually because um, it was one of the it was the um, how of many years since 68 because I wasn't alive but it was um, however, it was the how of many years like anniversary of the album. Um, so the actual recording sessions for this song took over was uh, taken over four days uh, in 19, in May 1968.
0: Or only four days.
1: Yes, only four days because oh, wow. uh, he That's... must have been composing for a while because mm. some of the songs on here are cover songs, and some of them are um, right. Jeff Beck's um, work. Like, he took uh, he took the song um, Shapes of Things by the um, Yardbirds, and he... Yeah, he, which, he, which
0: was a band he was in, Yes, right? yeah.
1: He took like yeah. he didn't see he, like, st- it, he took it, and he uh, re- He re- Redid it. Redid it. it. Yeah. He covered it and it was just as good as when he was in uh, The Yardbirds. Oh, of course. I also love the midsection in that song. Um, It's a great breakdown, I do like that, I do like that. The drums stand out a lot as well. Um, A guy called uh, Mickey did the drums, I'm I'm pretty sure. Um, Can't remember his last name at the moment, but a guy (laughs) called Mickey. We'll leave it as that. A guy called Mickey, I'm pretty sure, but um, yeah. Uh, Their producer, Mickey Most, uh, also produced uh, compilations for bands uh, such as The Animals. He's a really cool producer. He also had, uh, I think, an album out of his own, which was also quite good. I do recommend uh, giving that a look uh, into. Um, Vocals in Let Me Love You were amazing. Uh, I just, I love how gritty and raw they sound. It's definitely uh, probably my second favorite track after Beck's uh, Bolero. And I Ain't Suspicious is also um, a great one as well. Um, It's originally recorded by Howlin' Wolf and Jeff Beck kind of, like they reinvented it and they reworked it in a way that they made it their own original. Like uh, coming back to the point you were saying earlier about cover songs and how they... um, how they can be greater than the actual artist who made them. I think this yeah. is also a pretty good example because I did not know that this was someone else's song before I kind of gave the, I gave it like a little bit of history and I looked into it. But uh, he also he's quite he uses Jeff Beck uses like a wah tone on his guitar and then it just kind of goes wild and just oh it's amazing Jeff Beck. I love him love him Um, but yeah so I would also so I would say this is definitely his best work Um, like I said I think that's another point uh, to make uh, I love a lot of debut albums and Jeff Beck had an amazing one and it really brought it was like the future of rock and roll in a way he reinvented stuff like it was one of the greatest albums of 68, I would say. It, yeah, It's blue-based rock, but it has a hard rock and even slightly heavy metal twist to it at times. And obviously oh, heavy wow. metal didn't really become a thing until the 70s. It wasn't really, like, you know, one of those things. But so I think it also had prog rock, prog rock elements and um, it was really, it's really an album that, it's like nothing I've ever heard before. I can't, this, it's so important and it really just took rock and roll to a, a whole new level and it gave mm. it, it was just, there were so many layers to this album. Like, like. Um, but anyway, so um, the album peaked at number 15 on the Billboard charts. It was also released, I just forgot to remember, uh, mention, it was released in America on in july 1968 and then it was released in uh the uk in november 1968 so a good few months there between those well, two yeah. um dates but he this this album really does influence um it really did influence future rock bands of the 70s especially prog i'd say prog rock bands yeah. blue bass bands hard rock bands like Like I said, very diverse in genre. Mm -hmm. In some ways, Uh, yes. uh, I say Beck's Bolero is amazing. Um, I say that's about it. I think I've said everything I could say about it.
0: And if I can, if I can lead off of that, um, of Jeff Beck inspiring a lot of prog bands. My my final album is by one of those bands that were inspired by the Yardbirds, uh, Vapor Trails by Rush.
1: Who would have guessed? (laughs) yeah this is
0: (laughs) right um this is my favorite album of all time uh i just everything about it immediately captured my imagination and it's i'm gonna be rambling you know what about this album because it's just it means a lot to me and it means a lot in general so the the backstory behind this album was that neil neil pitt the the drummer and the lyricist for the band in 1996 his daughter uh, died in a car crash on her way to college, on the way to her first day of college and uh, within the span of 10 months then his wife died of cancer Oh God! so after that Neil sort of took a break from the band, the band basically split up for the rest of the 90s which is arguably a good thing Mm -hmm. um and from there they just sort of Neil took his time, went on a massive motorcycle ride across I would say probably most I would say probably most of the United States. Um which is an incredible feat. And so six years later they came back into the studio and well, I should say I should say four years later, because this album actually took fourteen months to record.
1: Oh god. Um, yeah. Which is the
0: longest because it, it took such a toll on Neil. I
1: can imagine. The, so. And,
0: and Geddy and Alex because it was so.
1: It's an I emotional mean, piece.
0: Yeah, the the album is I would argue a concept album about grief. Oh yeah. Because yeah, ev- every song, every song here is tied in some way to the grieving process that Neil went through uh, in in coping with the death of his family. Um, and I I could talk about every single track on this album because I don't have a favorite. Every, every track on here is my favorite. Um, but one little victory, for example, is about sort of the early, the very early stages of coming back from a depression. Just the the will to get up in the morning and actually do things. That is one little victory and you know it's it's really all very elegant elegantly written
1: yes I agree which is the lyrics are best beautiful
0: yeah I mean I mean it's Neil so it will be
1: Neil is amazing Uh, (laughs) yeah amazing writer
0: Um, and Ghost Rider specifically is about that um, motorcycle ride and all of the lyrics are very all of the lyrics on the entire album are very sort of dour and sad and sad is a very <laughs> a very face like surface level way of describing the album Would but it, it is it's, it's
1: um it was i'm trying to think of a word it melancholy was, mel- melonically am i saying it right mel- melancholy melancholy i can't i've been saying yeah. it wrong this whole bloody podcast I've you, you haven't said it before i did i said uh, at the beginning i said mel- melonically
0: oh no oh dear it's, <laughs> it's fine. fine it's just too quite, late just now. be like
1: this disclaimer she meant uh I, no, I,
0: I, it'll be <laughs> it'll um, be a meloni- mystery forever
1: I, I think you could say either way you could just say it's my accent
0: yeah, yeah. We'll blame it on the accent it'll it'll be it's been an adventure for the people listening trying to figure out up until now what did we mean by They probably not they probably
1: won't even pick up on it, let's be honest.
0: <laughs> yeah, I you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah,
1: I've probably I've used a few big words in this
0: <laughs> I Yeah, no, um so, yeah. But Peaceable Kingdom is uh sort of about tarot cards. Um mm. which the entire album, if you go through the liner notes, uh it's themed around tarot cards. And each, each song has a tarot card assigned to it. Yeah. Um, but the lyrics are really interesting on there. Um, the Stars Look Down is about Neil. From what I could interpret, it's about Neil sort of looking to religion and faith to try and answer his...
1: Try and like guide his his thoughts.
0: Well, yeah, to, to answer why all of these things happen to him. So you have lyrics like, what is the meaning of this? And the Stars Look Down... What are you trying to do? And the stars look down.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He's he's trying to look for answers in the superficial, when really there are none. Because all all that you can blame the death of his family on is tragedy, mm-hmm. is is circumstance, and it, it it's really it's a really depressing <laughs> song. Um, and then you have. Uh, <laughs> Of how it is, which is you know, it's about Neil. Neil talks about how the, Neil talks about the differences between how he would have wanted his life to go and the reality.
1: How, yeah, how it actually
0: it. went. Yeah, which is which is again really sad. But the instrumentation on this album is really unique. That I would say that there is not a single other album that sounds like this one. Not even any other Rush albums, because. It's very it is obviously very progressive, but it's sort of it feels a lot more acoustic than it is, mm-hmm. I suppose. And there's a lot of there's a lot of imagery and yeah, there's a lot of imagery about time. Yes. And sort of the loss of time and making up for time and our life and how quickly it goes. And that is demonstrated through a lot of the in a song like, I believe Nocturne, the uh, the percussion is in reverse, mm-hmm. so the, the 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 drum the beat is basically yeah it's it's reversed.
1: Mhm. Yeah.
0: Um, and the same the same is true in a song like Vapor Trail. Uh, the the riff in that song is reversed, which makes it really it, it's it's a really fascinating. Uh, album to listen to
1: it is i agree do you think um i think secret touch is a really underrated song from this album yeah it's yeah I, so beautiful i i the love lyrics the are line. simple but they're simple but they they mean something
0: they they mean a lot um, they do yeah yeah simple. out of sync with the sorry
1: sorry
0: no off you go sorry uh out of sync with the rhythm of my own reactions uh god that it's i i think from that line i would say this song is about neil trying to come back to drumming and not being able to do it like he used to Mm -hmm. because because he's gone through all of this trauma and has spent this this time not you know not drumming yeah um it's yeah it's really just impactful and i love i really do love this album um it's the the final song out of the cradle was inspired by a walt whitman poem called out of the cradle uh out of the cradle endlessly rocking
1: Mm -hmm. um
0: and what i really like this song is a bit more hopeful than the rest of the album uh a bit it's still quite you know but Something that I something that I really like that they do at the end is um, they use the line "Here we come out of the cradle, endlessly rocking," which mm-hmm. is not it's it's a play on words because it's not just about you know the cradle rocking Neil having taken these six years to nurture himself into being in a state of mind where he can perform again, mm-hmm. but it's also talking about the band endlessly rocking and yes from this and say it's an announcement that they aren't going anywhere
1: yeah best they would, they would
0: go on, yeah they'd go on to have an ep and two other albums after this yeah um and a, another two decades of uh touring so yeah mm-hmm. I, th- this yeah <laughs> this album is really great i i don't really have very much more to say about it um Lest I go on for another hour.
1: So. <laughs> it's it's one of those albums you could literally analyse um, for ages. It's it's got a lot of layers to it. I say that a lot about a lot of the stuff that we've talked about tonight. But
0: yeah, they I, have it's, got it's layers,
1: been... an emotional yeah. layer, and then like there's just so much to it. I agree with you though. Could analyse this definitely. Yeah. But yeah. So
0: yeah, that. So there we are. Those are our those are our favourite albums. They are. Uh, how has this been for you, Ella?
1: I think it's been wonderful. I can't wait to see it be put out. I've had a really good time talking to you. Um, I loved We kind of learned a bit more about each other, didn't we, as well?
0: Absolutely. Um, I've yeah. I've I've really enjoyed having you on as the Needs. first guest. I've
1: enjoyed you having me on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So. Yeah, th- th- and thank you for listening. If you've made it this far, yes, um,
1: <laughs> we this- hope you have.
0: Yeah, and I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, this isn't going to be a frequent thing. Um, episodes are going to go up pretty much whenever I can find a guest who would want to be on. Um, I'm not going to do one- like one every week or one every month. It's just sort of every now and again. There's going to be an episode um, with someone new on. Yeah. So um, again. If you want to correct us about anything, any sort of mistakes that you think we've made,
1: like my uh, ju- uh, my pronunciation mistakes, <laughs> yeah,
0: Ella's, Ella's Ella's grammatical errors, sorry um, guys. Or, <laughs> or my I don't know if I've made any mistakes about the albums, any uh, facts that I've given.
1: I think you've been if, okay.
0: <laughs> likewise, um, if you want to if you want to ask us any questions,
1: that or ask be me any questions, greatly appreciated. Um,
0: and just Or just say hello and give your thoughts on the podcast. Again, the, the email is coveryourearscast at gmail.com and you can follow me at uh, the lost episode underscore on Twitter. And uh, where can we find you, Ella?
1: You can find me on Instagram at groupieofrock.
0: <laughs> Nicely done.
1: Nicely done. Yep. <laughs>
0: yeah, so this has been the first episode of Cover Your Ears. Uh, I will be back at some point eventually with another guest someone completely different and i hope you've enjoyed listening and i will see you later so uh goodbye
1: goodbye
0: but yeah bye (laughs)